This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm very good. Very busy. And we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210. If you want us to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, whatever your real estate need is, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan? Mark, my number is 609-605-7153. And here we are, the only real estate show in the Philadelphia metro market which is a very large, fifth largest media market in the country. And we're here to tell you about what, how great the real estate market is because nobody else is talking about it but us. <laughs> I've been talking about it all day, every day, Mark. Me too. And you can listen <laughs> to this show and the past shows at our website, w, uh, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story. I got one from a listener sent me one. That's awesome. And it's a good one, too. <laughs> we didn't, I sent you one a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? Yeah, I don't think I used that one yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but our mortgage mom topic today is how to be a confident buyer in today's competitive market. Yeah, that's a good one. Mark, we also have our questions. Um, yes. I had some damage done to my house. Some friends tell me to hire an adjuster. Some say deal directly with the insurance company. What do you think? Mm, I got an opinion on that. I've been through that. You know what opinions are like. Um, next question. I listen to your show most weeks. Why doesn't the media give more detail about the real estate market? <laughs> that was a good one. Somebody sent me that. Next one is, is it a good time to get a real estate license in this market? Yes. Next one is, I see a lot of commercials about real estate companies saying how great they are. How do I pick a company and an agent to help me? That is a good question. Mark, the next, last one is with the prices keep going up, how are the young kids going to be able to afford in the future and more? Yeah, I've been reading a lot about that one. Mark, our topic of the day is the pandemic's lopsided impact on real estate. 
No, I'm going to have to say the pandemic correctly. Pandemic, not pandemic. Pandemic. Now you got me saying it. All right, but first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, optimism is a perfectly legitimate response to failure. Think about that one for a second. Because hmm. like, if things don't work out, as long as you're optimistic, you're going to move forward. So don't worry about it. What were you worried about one year ago today? I just said that to my son before I got on the show. Where you know the rates, the rates. I'm like, write that down and let's see if we even remember one year from now when we're doing all the refis. Yeah, I got. When you get to your rate section, I got to say something about the rate that somebody told me today. So where are we at? So Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So more than 75% of would-be buyers say are looking to buy a home close to their current residence, according to a new survey done by OJ Labs. 41% of the respondents says they were looking for a house between 6 and 50 miles from their <laughs> current home. 50 miles, that's like a little bit of a distance there. 36% were looking for a home less than 5 miles away. And talking about the big migration, mass the reality of homeownership uh, the, and these issues in America. The reality is that people are moving in the same way they've always been moving. For example, 66% of the consumers currently live in a rural area looking to move to a buy, buy a new home in another rural area. And 76% of the respondents living in a suburban area are looking to remain in the suburbs. In the suburbs. So... All the stuff about everybody moving from state to state, that's a small percentage. And the condo market is booming. Condos are becoming a hot choice for home buyers, particularly buyers searching for a greater affordability in the rapid rising market of the prices, you know. However, these transactions aren't coming cheap neither. The median existing condo and co-op sales price was 305000 in February, an annual cre- increase of 10.9% according to the National Association of Realtors, a very unbiased group. But that is significantly lower than the median list price for a home, which has increased to 405000 according to a recent report from Realtor.com. Now, I looked up one of our shows from 2010, and the median price in 2010 was 212000 212000 And now we're at four oh five. That's insane. Double, double. It's insane. 10 years. I mean. A little, a little over 10 years, doubled. You know, usually when we're doing a, a mortgage for somebody, we let them know that it's going to be at least seven years before they're get, they get rid of that PMI. Right. It's two years. It's great. It's the best time ever to buy. And, and you know, to, you're going to find something. Like all that, another myth out there is, oh, if I sell, I, I got to have a place to go. Yeah, you're going to find one. More houses were sold in 2020 than were sold in 2019. And more houses are going to be sold in 22 than were sold in 2021. Trust me. They're out there. It's going to be take a little more work, but you're going to find one. Yeah, so and let's you, keep going. And that's and that's what my um, segment's on, too. Oh. So the, and the condo market has bounced back. People are no longer afraid to live downtown, close to crowds. They often prefer it because they're close to the office, the amenities of the city. Rising prices are pushing single-family homes out of reach of some buyers. So condo, condos are unaffordable in comparison. 
Inventory shortages abound throughout the housing market, including amongst condos. The supply of condos for sale in the market was a near record low in February, according to a report from Redfin on the condo market. About 41% of condos sold above asking price in February, another sign of the heated competition. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee posted the highest growth for condos nationwide. The median in Nashville jumped 49.3% over the past year reaching 426,000. That's crazy. Followed by Charleston, South Carolina at 41% to 319 and Vegas at 33% at 237. So Vegas is still a bargain. Yeah, but these are, these are also places people want to go. So right. it's awesome. And then why are buyers looking for a new home anyway if they're sticking so close to their community? 39% of the respondents said they were moving for a better lifestyle fit, such as finding a home with more space, desire to downsize, or they want to be close to family and friends. 36% of respondents said they were moving due to life events or life stage changes, such as getting married, growing a family, changing jobs, or moving cities. So there's always reasons people are moving around, you know? So yeah, tell us about the rates. And also, uh, what were you going to say? You know, a lot of people are still working from home. So that might be their way of life. And, you know, they're moving accordingly. So and that's what Dr. A's been talking about this whole thing. Yep. You know, they got comfortable. Yeah. So, Mark, your 30 year conventional is 5.125%. Yes, I said five. Your 15 Holy year. Moly. Yep. Your 15 year is 3.75%. Your 30 year FHA, 4.875. You know, as we were talking earlier, I would always say, don't worry about the arms. The rates are low enough. Well, right now, it's not a bad idea to jump in a 5-1 or a 7-1 arm because most buyers, most homeowners don't stay in that loan for more than seven years. So right, right now, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Uh, you know what? I was had lunch with somebody today and we were talking about the rates. This was a bad mistake for them to raise rates. This was a bad timing. I don't know why they're doing it. They're tinkering with something they shouldn't be tinkering with. And anyway, this other broker told me that one of his agents came to him like all upset and said, the rates are up to 4%. What are we going to do? <laughs> I was like, the average rate historically runs around 8%. I mean, these are great rates. So well, anyway. they're up. I mean, they're not great. You know, I'd, I'd be happy with five and below anything above that. I mean, right now in an investment property, 5.875 plus a point. I, I only think they should be tinkering with them. In fact, they raised I some and it, had no, it didn't have no effect on the economy. So why mess with it? Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. He should have just went in office and took credit for everything. and didn't do anything. <laughs> 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 Say, look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive, all time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive, all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. And a listener sent me a story. 
because I've been About begging. Time. We're up to like 906 stories, and a, and a listener sent me this story. It's a good one. So these neighbors had been claim, complaining about his dog, Izzy, had been barking nonstop. And he hated to put one of them electric zapping barking cars on the dog because he didn't think it was humane. So he saw this. He purchased this humane citronella collar. When a dog barks, it shoots a blast of citronella under the dog's nose. And apparently dogs don't like citronella. So this morning, he was getting the collar ready. He filled it with citronella liquid. That's where his morning should have ended, he said. But no, it's me. And I begin to come curious on how this thing actually works. So he's standing by the back door and he's barking at the collar and nothing's happening. So he's make sure the collar's on. He checks the levels again. He goes through. He start getting started. He barks at it, barks at it. Nothing happens. Now he's not quite sure. So his next thought was, hmm, maybe I'll put the collar on. Oh, no. So... I seriously extended the band. He fit the fit the thing up against his voice box, against his throat, and barked. And apparently, the collar only works if it feels a vibration because it, he immediately received a blast of citronella to his face. Oh my god! <laughs> this is go on. So, so he began coughing, which only caused more the freaking collar. <laughs> To, to keep throwing sprays of citronella into his nasal cavities. So he goes, now I'm on my hands and knees in the backyard trying to breathe. And to make matters worse, Izzy's barking. So between coughing and yelling at her to hush, I've emptied over a dozen blasts of citronellis into my face. And during all this ruckus, I'm trying to undo the classroom the collar which somehow managed oh to weld gosh. itself shut during the fiasco. I finally get the collar off and throw it. And yes, I threw that inhumane thing across the yard and lay in the grass, sucking in the cool morning air in the middle, thinking, this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. And then I hear laughter. My neighbor saw the whole thing. He said he was laughing so hard he couldn't breathe. He said, between gas, I was going to come help you, but every time I started to climb over the fence, you set it off again. <laughs> and he said, then I started laughing and couldn't make it. So now, now his eyes were all red, his face and ears were all red. After checking, making sure that he was okay, they parted ways. I went in and showered so I wouldn't smell like a, right. a tiki torch. <laughs> Lesson learned. He said, next time, and he says, there'll probably be a next time with me. <laughs> Don't fill the collar before, before trying to set it off. And remember, your neighbor is not a good source of help in a comedy crisis oh situation. <laughs> what, what's the last line? One. So I thank the listener for sending in. Well, on the last line, on the plus side, he's not going to have any mosquitoes <laughs> around for a few days. <laughs> I can see you well, guys at the one. lake, like actually watching try somebody do like this that. and try it, and nobody would get up to help anybody. <laughs> no, we'd be laughing if you, too hard. Wait. So now it is now it is time. That was a good one. So now it is time for the mortgage mom segment with Deanne Cat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage, and her topic is how to be confident in a buyer's. How to be a confident buyer yeah, in today's let's competitive Let's just chalk that one off to screwing up again. Yeah, I got it. I was close. I All was right. Close. So in today's real estate market, it's tough. You know, it has low inventory, a high amount of buyers, especially cash buyers. But this doesn't mean that it's not the right time for you to buy a home. It just means that you have to be a confident buyer. So with so many buyers competing for a limited number of homes, 
It's more important than ever to know the ins and outs of making a confident and competitive offer. So I want to go over five keys to success for the important stage in the home buying process. Now, by next week, I'm hoping to have a guest on that is going to um, go over the program that we've put to, that he has put together right. about putting in a cash offer and get financing. Right. So number one, listen to your lender and your real estate agent. So trusted professionals can help you stay focused on what the most important things are. And you talk about this all the time. So remember to let your home buying team guide you on your journey, not your emotions. So with our support and expertise, we will keep you from compromising on your must-haves and your future financial stability. So your real estate professional should be your primary source for answers to the questions you have when you're getting ready to make an offer. And me as the lender, I can help make sure that you're pre-approved and you know all of your financing options, which people go in and put offers in and they're not really sure. So do you have to understand your finances, your finances and having a complete understanding of your budget, how much of a house you can afford? It's essential. Yeah. And, and the best way to know this is to work with me, get pre-approved for a loan early in the stages, not Sunday night, you went out and saw a house on Sunday morning and now you need to put an offer in and everybody's scrambling. Statistically, only 44% of today's prospective home buyers are planning to apply for a pre-approval. So you have to be sure that you're going to actually take this step. You have to stand out from the crowd. It shows the sellers a few things. Number one, that you're serious, you're a qualified buyer, and you can give a competitive edge if you're in a bidding war. 44%. That's a giant number of people that are not being- Are uh, unconscious about not being able to do this. Lack of knowledge. They're not getting coached correctly because you you need to be ready in this market. Oh, you need to be more than ready. And the other thing is now you're just being reactive instead of proactive, which is crazy. You got to be ready to move quickly. So- According to the Realtors Confident Index, published monthly by our NAR, the average property being sold today is receiving more than three offers. It's probably up to 33, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and then the house is only on the market for a few days. So these are both results of today's competitive market showing how important it is to stay agile and diligent in your search. So as soon as you find the right the right home for your needs, you got to be prepared to work with your agent to get that offer submitted as quickly as possible. No doubt. Make make a fair offer. It's only natural. You want to get the best deal to get in on the home. But however, submitting an offer that's too low can lead the sellers to doubt how serious you really are as a buyer. So don't submit an offer that's going to be tossed out as soon as they receive it. There's no more deals and pennies on the dollar anymore. This is the expertise of your agent. That's what they bring to the table during this part of the process to help you stay competitive. So your real estate agent will work with you to make it an informed offer based on the market value of the home, the condition of the home, and the recent sale prices in the area. But Mark, you also got to be flexible, right? Number five, after submitting the offer, the seller may accept it, reject it, or counter it 
with their own changes. So in this competitive market, it's important to stay nimble and informed throughout the negotiation process. Your position can be strengthened with an offer that includes, you know, things like a flexible move-in date. Maybe you're not going 30 days. Maybe you go 25 days. Your position can also be with a higher price, minimal contingencies. So these are the conditions that you, that you set that the seller must meet for the purchase to be finalized. So even in this competitive market, you want to resist the temptation to waive the inspection contingency. This may be hard in a hot market or if the home is being sold as is, which means the seller won't pay for repairs. But without an inspection contingency, you could be stuck with a contract on a house you can't afford to fix. So the bottom line is today's competitive market makes it more important than ever to be a confident buyer. You can make a strong offer on a home when you work with a trusted lender like myself and a real estate agent who's going to help you feel confident every step of the way. And I'm just going to close with, we have two amazing home buying seminars taking place. One is on Wednesday at six o'clock and the other is Thursday at six o'clock. Log on to Eventbrite, grab a ticket. I don't know how much longer they're going to be available, but again, go to Eventbrite, Deanne Katsaris, Mortgage Mom, Home Buying Seminar. And uh, I, I had re- a lunch before the show at a restaurant and the owner served us and he told it he lives in Bucks County and he said, Every house that goes up around him goes sells in like two or three days. In fact, one of his bartenders listed her house and it sold in three days. And she well, apparently wasn't coached. And now she had to move in with family because she didn't <sighs> even start looking yet. I mean, right. bad planning. All right. Bad planning. That was a good topic. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to our questions. Um, And the first one is, I had some damages to my house. Some friends tell me to hire an adjuster and some say to deal directly with the insurance company. What do you think? See, I've had both. I had a fire a long time ago and I dealt directly with the, I shouldn't mention the insurance company guy, the insurance company guy. And he treated me like gold and really took care of me. And then I had another instance that something happened due to a storm and I hired an adjuster. Now, the day of the fire, when I got to my house, when it was on fire, oh my there, God. there was a whole street load of, of justers waiting to talk to me. But, uh, you know, some, in some insurance, it's according to one insurance company you're with. Some of them are tough and you might need an adjuster. You might need that middle person. Now, I know of one and I don't think I should say the name, but they were I dealt directly with them and they were really good with me. And they didn't want an adjuster in the middle, but they really took care of me. So it's tough to say. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not an expert at giving this kind of advice because I'm not an adjuster, and I'm the, I'm not uh, the insurance guys send send people out and do inspections. An insurance inspector, 
and they do estimates. So, you know, I try to stay out of stuff I'm not good at. So I would probably lean toward hiring a professional. Just you got to watch their prices. Some of them right. are 40%. There's some of them that are high. So got to be careful. The best thing to do is try to go through your friends and find out if anybody ever used anybody and just don't like Google them. You know, that's a tough question <laughs> to answer. What's the next one? The next question is, I listen to your show most weeks. Why doesn't the media give more detail about the real estate market? I know. And I got this email and, you know, we talk about it a lot. And and in most of it, I think the biggest reason is the market is in such great shape. Like we didn't suffer the big downturn from COVID that everybody thought was going to happen. And the, and the real estate market's technically booming. I mean, we're, we're short in inventory, but people are still buying houses and, and they're selling quickly. It's a rates are four to five, which are great over historically looking. I mean, I bought my first house at 13% and I was happy, but it's, so it's, <laughs> you know, but like the media, if it doesn't bleed, then it doesn't lead. Now, if, if the market tanked like, oh, wait, they talk about it every day and do, it would be all doom and gloom. And that's why, in fact, when we started this show, that's why we started it, because we were right. in that market and it was all bad news. And that's why we called the show Good News in Real Estate, because there, no matter what market you in, real estate, there's always a silver lining. Somebody's making money. A lot of people made a lot of money in 08, in the worst market in history. But some agents and some other people didn't because... They just didn't run their business correctly. So I think that the biggest reading reason is they don't play up good news. And if they do say something about it, it's short and it sweet. Doesn't yeah, sell. It, it doesn't sell. They'll, they'll talk about it a little bit this week because right. the rates went up. So that's a negative thing, the way they look at it. But they won't get into any detail and say, well, the average rate historically is 8%. And back in the 80s, they were paying 19 or 20%. They won't right. say that part. Right. <laughs> Yeah. What's the next one? It do, and again, it doesn't sell. If it, what do you always say? If it doesn't bleed, what do you say? Yeah. If it doesn't bleed, <laughs> if it bleeds, you know, basically, you know, that's all they do. You know, the first 20, 15 minutes of the news every night is right. who got killed right. last night. You know, it's pr it's brutal. It's very negative. I, I like avoid the, the news. I like the BBC yep. USA. The BBC guy sits there with a piece of paper and just tells you what happened. And you make up your own opinion <laughs> rather than somebody telling you how you should be thinking. Yeah. All right. Then I'm hoping there's a, 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 a social swing going on that we are too close to, to realize that we're going to get back to that. I'm hoping. What's the next, All right, the next question is, is it a good time to get a real estate license in this market? It's a great time. It's always a good time. You know, there, there's a lot of realtors that are, Old, getting old, they're they're not as active as they used to be, and there's 91 mi million millennials, <laughs> and that's a big buying group. So somebody's got to take care of them. And millennials getting licenses, you know, I always had a conversation with a millennial: should I go to college or should I get a real estate license? And I was like, 
Get a real estate license. And then if right. you want to take some business courses later, do it. But what are you going to do? Four years and then you end up in my real estate class with a French degree in French literature? I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I get them. You know, I, I got, I, I I just graduated college. What would you major in? Uh, English Liberal literature. Arts. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, you know. And what were you going to do? You're going to be a school teacher or what? Yeah, I'm not anyway, sure yet. Not the bad math school teachers, but I mean, you know. You're not going to make a hundred grand with some of those degrees starting out the gate. Yeah. What's the and, next one? And you know what else we were talking about last night? You know, the things that they don't teach you, like how to address an envelope, um, that the mail comes every single day. Like there's things, common sense that, you know, having this business sense is priceless, especially in today's market. I think that, I think what Florida is doing is a great idea in high school. They're going to make them uh, have how they handle checking accounts and stuff like that. I I've been that's saying what they, that they should teach these kids. You know how long I've been I've been saying that that I wanted to do a I financial. Know. We were talking cost. about a few years ago. Yeah, going to high schools and yep. giving little things. We should do it. That's a hundred percent. What's the next one? All right, the next one is I see a lot of commercials about real estate companies saying how great they are. How do I pick a company and an agent to help me? Yeah, I know. And if you watch the advertisements, you would think like they're the only real estate company in the world. What you got to remember, I'll give the audience a tip about franchises. All the franchises, the big red, white, and blues, and yellow, and blacks, and all the blues and the golds, (laughs) they're all owned by somebody that bought a franchise, like just the way you buy a McDonald's. And so it depends on who's running that franchise how that office is going to be run. I had a meeting today with a, a, a couple brokers and they were interested in all my students that come out of my schools. And I asked them, do you have night training? And they were like, why? I said, well, because a lot of these people got day jobs. So if you don't have any training right. at night, how are they coming? You know what I mean? So all that's got to be in the equation. When you pick a real estate company, for for you as a buyer, you want to make sure it's not just all gloss and flowery. Uh, you want to and and I suggest that you get an agent somehow through your network, somebody that knows somebody, rather than you know somebody that pops up on your screen when you hit Zillow that paid a uh, hundred bucks to, for one nine one one one. What's the last right. one? We got only a minute. All right. The last one real quick is with the with the prices keep going up. How are the young kids going to be able to afford to buy in the future? Well, you know, it is going to get a little tougher, but that's a double edged sword. They're also buying at four or five percent. So, I mean, like they got to look at that whole picture. And then they also got to look at if they can they save some money, they get it together. Maybe they get a grant. Maybe they get some help from the family in one year. The way we're appreciating they're 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 going to be there's millennials that already bought houses and already sold them and made money because and made a lot of because we're appreciating so quickly so yep I think you can figure it out if you have a plan you got to have a plan agreed and that's why and that's why we have to be the resource right. you got to have a plan for sure all right there's some good questions all right they were some good questions all right and coming up next is our topic of the day. The pandemic's lopsided impact on real estate. I'm going to have the hardest part saying the pandemic. <laughs> I know. So with that, you're and listening. I'm going to interrupt you. With that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio. 1210, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. 
Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all of the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So before we start our topic of the day, I just want to let the audience know you don't have to call and correct Mark on the grammar on this topic. He knows. On the pen, damn it. Oh my God. The pan- <laughs> So the topic of the day is the pandemic, 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 lopsided impact on real estate. I can't even speak now on real estate. I know it gets it gets confused. I no, think we should call it pandemic because a damn it damn thing. Anyway, the pandemic's <laughs> lopsided impact on real estate. Even though the pandemic has spared no city or state, its impact on the U.S. market and sectors now diverges in in different ways. Rather than in the last recovery, the, diff, the divergence means that some of the sectors, like the industrial properties, have barely paused because of a surge of online spending spurred tenant demand. The same is true for multifamily properties, with tenant demand still increasing. Rents are back to record levels throughout the country. Despite the surge, the pandemic accelerated the retail <laughs> property sector's long uh, long slide because they were sliding with stores closing, vacancies rising. The only exceptions are grocery anchored centers, dollar stores, home improvement retailers, all which are thriving. The office sector is unsurprisingly in a midst of a major reset because everybody was working remotely, so you didn't need so much office right. space. But even that, those vacancies are likely to keep rising for a little while, like Dr. A's been talking about this, until you get everybody back to normal. But I don't think we're ever going to be back to normal like it was. Vacation travel was recovering with the hotels, with an easing driving range of population centers appearing to set reap in some of the greatest benefits. But the business and international travel has not returned to pre-COVID levels and probably won't for a few years. That will take a toll, uh, toll on the hotels, luxury retail, and upscale dining that is also often fueled by company expense accounts. The pandemic magnified an ongoing shift away from expensive downtown markets towards smaller, more affordable ones. As a result, businesses need to stay nimble, watch their expenses. Uncertainty can be a curse or an opportunity. Like I remember a long time ago, I was at a speech with uh, uh, in Texas, and they right before the whole thing happened in 08, there was somebody saying, you know, cut your bills, save money, and get ready. Right. And that was good advice. From the beginning, the COVID had defied almost all the economic tradition because it was all doom and gloom. In March of 2020, stores, restaurants, offices emptied out with astonished astonishing swiftness the stock market tanked jobs quickly disappeared but what many americans feared would be a long devastating economic downturn didn't happen like all the doom and gloomers were wrong the economy along with the real estate sector bounced back in record time outputs above pre-covid levels and jobs could recover to previous levels by early in 22 to many, the property sector may look remarkably the same as it was before the pandemic. It, you know, <laughs> some markets and sectors have changed forever, 
Some buildings and other assets are obsolete. Property managers now have to imagine how they can repurpose some of this space. Other economic hurdles include supply chains, bottlenecks, the slower haul production, labor and product shortages, also bringing fears of inflation. Then you also got this, everybody we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the Great Resignation, 4 million people in January alone with 11 million open jobs. And so what do we expect now? The virus will have a major say in all that. In the spring of 21, the Delta variant took hold and the COVID-19 infection spiked. Many jettisoned travel plans, hesitated, you know, all that stuff about the mask and the restaurants, you know, but it, we're coming out of the whole thing. And we are coming and, and out the economy it. is still in pretty good shape. And they haven't passed any major legislation like taxed us to death that would really have an impact. And they should stop tinkering with the rates. I wish I could just hundred percent. I wish I could just have have that office for about a week. I, I, I just straighten that stuff right out. But anyway, no doubt, so that Mark. whole point of that whole spiel was they were all wrong. All the doom and gloomers were wrong. We didn't go down the tubes. I know. And it's so hard for me to not jump because it's going to end up going political. And I don't I don't want to do that. But they absolutely did not have it correct. No, they were and way we, off. And we see that now. They were way off. But they're not. All right. There's always doom and gloomers out there. Always. Agreed. Always. All right. Agreed. So where are we at? All right, Mark. So we are continuing um, our our segments with Dr. A on motivating without money. How are you, Dr. Abelson? I'm doing great, Mark. And how are the two of you guys doing? We're, we're doing awesome. We're Thank and you. I actually had a couple conversations with a couple people about this whole topic. So continue where we left off, motivating without money, because I'm seeing a lot of businesses trying to get employees with just money yeah it's 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 a waste of money <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> a little play on words there but it, but it is no you obviously have to pay people but but if you're just relying on money it's the most easily exchanged way to motivate people so what i want to do today is i want to get into how to use a disc in the past we've been talking about how to use another assessment that that actually measures what motivates people so if anybody out there is interested you need to contact us so we can show you how to to work that on your staff but let's talk about the dis and c one of the interesting things with with people who are the intense d's are very dominant they're very competitive and that type of thing they don't like when you waste their time so if you want to motivate them know what you want be ready to share it. Share it right away. If they want to schmooze or talk to you afterwards, that's fine. If they don't, then say, you know, do you need anything else from me and get away from them. And you know right. what? That will really motivate them to visit with you next time because they know you're not going to be wasting their time. Yeah, I had a meeting with somebody and he said, listen, you, I, I only have an hour, so stay on point. <laughs> yeah, right. And only an hour. Oh, my God. Okay, they, yeah. they must be a pretty intense eye, which is the next one, because the eyes love to talk. So, and, yeah. and again, you, you can figure out if somebody's an eye because they're going to ask you, how are you doing? You know, so that was part of my eye that came out. But we didn't spend a whole bunch of time in our conversation today on how you guys are doing. You know, it's a formality, basically. So that's right. where the right. D comes out. But with the eye, they want to ask how the family is, how are the kids. They're typically very good with understanding, you know, we're remembering kids' names and, and spouses' names and things of that nature. So what do you want to do? 
You want to promote that type of conversation to open up the conversation, either right. that or end with it. So you are interacting with them and getting along well with them. And they're, they're feeling comfortable that you care about them as a, as a person and you like them. Yeah, I got that's one thing I have to remember because of my D. But I do. I think about it before I, I, I've been hiring a lot of teachers and I've been meeting them at restaurants. And I think before I'm going in to push my eye and say, hi, how are you? There you go. You know, yeah. and well, you're, you, you're warm and fuzzy. Mark, I am pretty so. warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, he can be. He can be if it suits his purposes, right? Right. Okay, exactly. So that's the D behavior, and that's the way Ds are. You know, if it meets our goals and it's important for what we're trying to do as a D, then you're going to be very social, very interactive, and you can't be very laid back, which is important. You need to be malleable. You need to be changeable. You need to go with the flow of the people that you're interacting with, and that's the sign of a good leader. All right. So, what's the next so, one? Well, I don't know if we're going to have time for that. Yeah, you know what? So let's, let's, say, let's save the essence for next for, week. For next, yeah, yeah, because but, you know that that what you were talking about with the DNI is really important because I've met with a couple different people and I dissed them before I met with them, so right. I would know how, what how to relate. Like I met with one and they kept Absolutely. looking at their watch. I knew she was like a real high D. She just kept looking at her watch, like, "All right, get to the point." <laughs> right. So. So exactly. Get to the point. They like to work with you. You know, if they're working with somebody who wastes a whole bunch of their time, you're going to have to spell, pay them a heck of a lot more money to get them to stick around because they don't like it. I right? know. So if you want to contact us, all they have to do is is email me personally at either dr.a at ableson.net, A-B-E-L-S-O-N.net, or ableson at ableson.net, or just go to our website at ableson.net. Very good, doctor. <laughs> so next week we do the S and the C. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. A. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, especially our one listener that sent me that joke this week. I am in need of jokes, so send me jokes. And our sponsors for helping us stay on the air. We're looking for two more sponsors if you want to join our team. And we be. I'm glad you're all faithful listeners. And you can listen to this show every Saturday at 1 o'clock on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive all, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.